And uh, that's a blessing. That, uh, that uh, little tune reminded me of um, some of the singing that they did in Israel when we were there. And uh, just uh, that was a lot of fun. Some of the folk songs and, and uh, many of them uh, psalms that had been around. So that uh, I appreciated that. Uh, turn to your Bibles tonight. We're going to uh, do a couple of things. If you'll follow me, uh, we'll start here in, in the book of Numbers chapter 21. And going to do it a little differently. I want to look up some verses before I get to where we're going to be tonight. So if you'll just follow me for a moment and, and uh, examine these verses with me. And... Uh, it works. Go ahead and shut it off. Very good. So uh, we're making sure it works. And then if you'll have a seat right up here and uh, wait for me, Isaiah's going to be my helper here tonight uh, there. Uh, Numbers chapter 21, we are looking at the well of springing water and relating that to our Christian life. And in our wilderness journeys, God has provided a well of springing water. And you can see in, in Numbers chapter 21, verse number 16. And from thence they went to Be'er, that is the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, gather the people together, and I will give them water. Uh, then Israel sang this song, spring up a well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness they went to Madonna. And so we find here that God provided this well of springing water and we related this to a, a source of refreshment in a weary land. And we believe this is a picture of the Holy Spirit. If you turn to the book of John chapter 7, and uh, John chapter 7, you see how the Lord Jesus Christ uh, related this and uh, what he spoke of to his disciples. In John chapter 7, in verse number 37, John 7, verse 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And so that well of springing water, that supply, comes from the Holy Spirit. And it's the intention of the Lord that that would be a constant supply in our hearts and lives, the indwelling of the Spirit. You look here at verse 39. Uh, the Bible says, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. The Bible teaches the moment we trust the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior that the Holy Spirit of God, God's gift unto us, comes into our heart to dwell and to live with us, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. This happens the very moment that we are saved. Every saved person possesses the Spirit of God. If you look to the Gospel of John chapter 14, John chapter 14 and beginning at verse number 16, John 14, verse 16, Jesus spoke of this promise, the Comforter. John 14, verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he, and this is the promise, he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And what a wonderful gift that God has given. And as we have related, the Holy Spirit of God is to us a comforter. He is our, our guide. He, uh, he offers the wisdom of 
of God. He teaches us uh, the things of God. He empowers us. He convicts us and, and many aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that are necessary day by day in our Christian life. Every believer possess, possesses the Spirit of God. Now, we found and, and we spent uh, one week dealing with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. And then last week, we spoke of the fullness of God's Spirit. So it's one thing to possess the Spirit. It's quite another thing for the Spirit of God to possess us. And in John chapter 10, verse number 10, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, that's salvation, and that they might have it more abundantly. And I believe that's the Spirit-filled life. And uh, John chapter 7 again, verse number 38 uh, the Bible speaks of this, we might call it the artesian well in the Christian life. He says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so that's God's intention for his spirit to not only indwell us, but for his spirit to uh, fill us to the fullness. And the Bible commands us, be not drunk with wine, we're in a success, but be filled with the Spirit. And you, as a child of God, are commanded to be filled with God's Spirit. And so last week we examined how can we be filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, we spoke that, number one, it meant absolute surrender to the Lord. Uh, in Romans 12, verse number 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so the Bible teaches that we are to die to myself, to my dreams, to my vision, uh, to my desires, to my reputation, to my own life. I need to surrender that to the Lord Jesus Christ, surrendering to Christ my body, my eyes, my hands, my feet, uh, my mouth, all belonging to the Lord Jesus Christ in absolute surrender. Uh, the Bible tells us not only an absolute surrender, but this absolute surrender takes place through absolute obedience. John 14, verse number 15 states, If you love me, keep my commandments. We use the illustration of Abraham that offered Abraham, or excuse me, Abraham that offered Isaac his son. And God said, Genesis chapter 22, Abraham, take thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him a sacrifice for me. And Abraham obeyed uh, the Lord, not understanding the Lord. He offered Isaac a sacrifice unto the Lord. So there was absolute surrender uh, that is the result of absolute obedience and absolute faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them, uh, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so Abraham offering Isaac, he did not understand the Lord. He simply obeyed the Lord, believing that God was in control. He knew that this was the son of promise, and that if he obeyed the Lord, the Lord would fulfill his word. And God did that for Abraham. God said, Abraham, because you have obeyed me, I am going to bless you, and uh, through you will all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now tonight, I, I want you to take your Bibles here to the Gospel of John chapter 15. And we are going to, to look at an important principle here tonight concerning this well of springing water. Now, I'm sure that uh, every saved person, you can identify with this. There have been times that you've come to an old-fashioned altar, and you have, from the depths of your heart, meant this. You have said, Lord, here I am. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I belong to you I surrender all to you. 
And you can remember those times and you knew and felt and experienced the fullness of God's Spirit in your life. Uh, there have been those times that you had no doubt that the Lord was with you, guiding you and empowering you and using you. You saw times that God used you beyond yourself. And there were those times as a child of God when God did that. And then, like all of us, there have been those times that you have surrendered all. And then the very next day, uh, you wonder, Lord, where have you gone? And it's as if that artesian well is no longer there. And it's not that the Lord left you. Uh, what we're going to deal with tonight is an aspect of this artesian well that is absolutely essential and crucial. I'm thoroughly convinced every saved person can know the fullness of God's Spirit. And every saved person can have the Lord use you in your life beyond your expectations. And we're going to look at this secret tonight. Uh, John chapter 15, would you stand with me as we read together a portion of God's word this evening. John chapter 15, we're going to begin here at verse number 4. You are familiar with this passage of scripture. John chapter 15, let, let's start at verse number 1. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And so if we are to know the fullness of God's spirit on a day-by-day -day basis, we have to follow this principle right here. Abide in me. It's not just a one-time surrender, but it's a day-by-day -day surrender of your life. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And this is worth underlining. He says, for without me ye can do nothing. He says in verse number 10, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I want you to back up to John chapter 14, verse number 21. It reads, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And we're talking here about this manifestation beyond the fullness of God's Spirit, but the manifestation, the working of God's Spirit through your life. In verse 23 of John 14, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and notice the statement, and make our abode with him. And so we're talking uh, the day-by-day, day, walking in God's Spirit, not walking in the flesh, but abiding in Christ, walking in the Spirit of God. And the Bible says, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now with that background, let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. And uh, we so need Him, need His help, and need His guidance. And you pray God's way in this service. Father, I thank you for the wonderful privilege again to open the Word of God. And Lord, we so need you to teach us uh, this, this principle. And Lord, not just in our head tonight, 
but Lord, that we would grasp this principle from the depths of our heart. And that, Lord, we might know the joy of an abiding relationship with you. This joy of an artesian well that flows out of our hearts and lives. Uh, this joy of being used by you, having died to ourselves, and you working through us. And God, I pray tonight, be our teacher, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray and ask, amen. Isaiah, I want you to make your way as everybody is seated. And Isaiah is going to do something for me. If you'll make your way over to the, to the cord. He's got this thing plugged in. And uh, we know, of course, very simple principle. Uh, this vacuum cleaner, uh, as long as it has a source of power, can, can work. Now, Isaiah, unplug it. Okay, unplug it, and, and though the vacuum cleaner is turned on, without that source of power, that vacuum cleaner is useless. Now, what the Bible teaches, the moment you get saved, you receive the Spirit of God. And I would use the Spirit of God as, as a picture of the motor of this vacuum cleaner. Now, if Isaiah were to plug that vacuum cleaner in without, oops, I turned it the wrong way. Without a motor, that vacuum cleaner would not work. He can plug it in, and uh, so it is. We are dead spiritually, apart from Christ. Uh, you have no means whatsoever of pleasing the Lord. Your flesh can never please Jesus Christ. The Bible says you're dead spiritually, apart from Christ. Uh, there is no power in your life. There is no source of power. All of your righteousness, all of your goodness, there is filthy rags before a holy God. It's only as we receive the Lord, we receive that engine, uh, we have that source of power in our life by God's Spirit. Go ahead and unplug it now, Isaiah, and you can have, have a seat there. Now the vacuum cleaner has no power of its own. You have no power on your own. Uh, the vacuum cleaner is dead. This is just a machine. Uh, you are to be an empty vessel. Uh, there is nothing in yourself that can please the Lord. There is no power in yourself that can be used of God. You are utterly dead apart from that source of power. Now, without Christ, you're dead spiritually. You receive the Lord. You receive life. Uh, Christ is life. Now, you have no life of yourself. Christ is that source of life. Uh, but now this motor in the vacuum cleaner needs a source of power to be effective. And that's what I want to do with tonight. This vacuum cleaner has to abide in the source of power to be used. And for you to be used, you have to stay plugged in to the Lord. You have to be plugged in to your source of power. Now, we've told the story of, of the deaf man that um, failed to plug the vacuum cleaner in, and he was going through the church auditorium, and he was vacuuming, and I had no idea that it was not plugged in. And that's what a lot of people are doing with their Christian life. They're living the Christian life, but they're like that vacuum cleaner without a, a, a power or a source of power and accomplishing Absolutely nothing, spiritually speaking, tonight. If I fail to abide in Christ, I have no power. My flesh cannot produce anything of value or fruitful for Jesus Christ. Now, let me show you uh, the statement that Paul, the apostle, made. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 for just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, you'll notice here verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 1. Uh, Paul said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He said, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Here's what Paul said. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's a great illustration. Paul said, as I went to you in Corinth, I did not go in my own strength. I was not like that vacuum cleaner without a source of power and trying to do the work of God in my flesh. I wanted your faith to rest in God and not in me, not in my wisdom, not in the ability of man, but I wanted your faith to rest in the power of God. Now very clearly tonight, all of the witnessing of the world apart from God's power will accomplish nothing. All of your faithfulness to the things of God without the power of God, without that source of power, can do nothing for the Lord. Uh, One touch from God can do more in a moment of time than all of the lifetime of labor in the flesh apart from a touch of God. We need that source of power to do the work of God. Now, how then can I abide in Christ? How can I stay plugged in? How can I know that power? I want to, again, notice a couple of things. And I'm going to just point this out. Then we're going to look at something very crucial tonight that every child of God can put into application abiding in Christ. Now look in John 14, verse number 15 again. Just just read this through. He says, if you love me, notice this, keep my commandments. In verse number 21, John 14. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. In verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Uh, If you look in John chapter 15 and verse number 10, he states, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. Now very clearly, the Bible expresses for us to abide in Christ, we must be obedient. We must follow and obey His commandments. But I want to break that down tonight into something that is very simple. You say, well, preacher, it's impossible. How can I, can I keep all the commandments of the Lord? I want to show you what the Lord expressed. Turn your Bibles tonight to the book of 1 John, chapter number 3. 1 John, chapter 3. And this is kind of the heart of what I want to give us this evening. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 23. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 23. The Lord states here, this is my commandment, or this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us Commandment. Notice this next verse. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. 
And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given to us. Now you notice in those verses, there are two aspects of keeping the commandments, two aspects of uh, abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. You notice in verse 23 that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ. And so to abide in Christ means to abide in faith. But notice the second part here, and love one another as he gave us commandment. To abide in Christ means to abide in his love. And so we're going to look at that aspect tonight. If we are to know the artesian well, if we are to day by day know the manifestation or the working of God's spirit through our life, then number one, we must abide in faith. And number two, we must abide in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's break this down tonight and let's look at this and simplify this for us because every child of God can know this touch and this power of God upon their life. To abide in Christ means to abide in faith. Now when we speak of faith, uh, the key to faith is looking unto Jesus Christ. Now go back with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we call this the faith chapter of the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the Bible mentions these men and women of faith who please the Lord by their faith. And he says to us in Hebrews 11, verse number 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtain a good report. Uh, as you read through this hall of faith, we read of these men and women that looked unto Jesus day by day and accomplished great things for the Lord. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And here's the, the secret, the key to faith. The key to faith is simply looking to Jesus. In verse number 1, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about uh, with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, a constant looking to Jesus. I believe as I read through this faith chapter, this was the, the key the secret to these men and women of faith. Their eyes were constantly upon the Lord. If you are to abide in the Lord, you must abide in faith. And to abide in faith, your eyes must be day by day and moment by moment upon the Lord Jesus Christ, looking on Jesus. Now, I was saved by looking to Jesus. I came to realize that I was lost. I was on the road to hell. There was absolutely nothing that I could do to save myself. I was undone. Uh, in my flesh, I had been baptized, and that didn't give me peace within my heart. I tried to do the best I could. That did not give me peace within my heart. But I came to realize, as a sinner on the road to hell, I could look to Jesus Christ. And as I looked to Jesus, he paid the debt that I owed. And the gift of salvation became mine, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. I simply looked to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I received Christ by faith. And as I have received Christ by faith, the Bible tells me 
I am to walk by faith. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in him. Now, how do I walk by faith? I, I walk by faith because he is the source of my life. I look to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul stated. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I'm plugged into the source of power. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, that's how I stay plugged in. Looking unto Jesus. I look unto Jesus through the word of God. I look unto Jesus by communicating day by day with him. Jesus is my source of power. I cannot succeed in this Christian life. No more than I can save myself except I look to the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to walk with Jesus. I need to day by day focus upon the Lord. My eyes upon Jesus. Empty of myself looking to my Savior. Now, there's a great biblical example of this. Turn back to 2 Chronicles with me. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, and one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Those of you that have been here at Valley Bible Baptist Church, any length of time have heard me preach out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20 on a number of occasions. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in our account we have Jehoshaphat, He's a great king. He loved the Lord. Uh, Jehoshaphat came to this time surrounded by enemy armies. Uh, it was too great for him, for the nation of Judah. It, it was a battle beyond themselves. Uh, Jehoshaphat feared, the Bible says, and set himself to seek help or to ask help of the Lord. Uh, notice in verse 3, to seek the Lord. Verse 4, to ask help of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat poured his heart out in prayer. And as Jehoshaphat prayed, confessing to the Lord his inability, he says in verse number 12, in kind of this key statement, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. But notice what he stated, but our eyes are upon thee. That's faith. What Jehoshaphat is expressing is, Lord, this army that has come against us is greater than I am. It's a battle beyond us. And Lord, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to, to, uh, how to fight in this war. Uh, we have no ability of ourselves. This is a greater company than we are. We don't know what to do, but Lord, we're looking to you. And that's exactly how we're to live the Christian life, by faith, walking by faith, day by day. I have nothing within me. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing, but our eyes are on thee. Do we need power? We go to our source of power. Do we need strength? We go to that source of strength. Do we need comfort? He is that source of comfort. I need wisdom and guidance and direction. I plug in to that source of power. I need patience and peace and joy in my life. I have not that within myself, but I can go to the Lord Jesus Christ. I look unto Jesus. If I am to abide in Christ, I must day by day look to Jesus for every need of my life. In the model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. 
I look to the Lord for his strength, for his bread, for his power. Now Jesus expressed, abide in me, for without me you can do nothing. He says, walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But to walk in the spirit, I must constantly look to him through eyes of faith. All that I do in the inner energy of my flesh will fail, but it's the spirit that quickeneth. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so to abide in Christ is to abide in faith. And so that's very simple. Eyes upon the Lord, dead to myself, looking to Jesus day by day. Now look back with me to the book of 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. To abide in Christ is to abide in faith. But in 1 John chapter 3, to abide in Christ is to abide in His love. Notice again verse 23. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. We're to walk by faith and love one another as He gave us commandments. And He that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given to us. Now again, go back with me to the Gospel of John chapter 15. And you can see this clearly set forth as we learn to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. And so we look in that context in John chapter 15 and notice in verse number 9. John 15 verse number 9. He says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. Notice this, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So the Bible teaches here to abide in Christ means to abide in love. Now this is the principle set forth by Christ. See, to abide, I must constantly look by faith to Him and day by day, every day, walking with Him through prayer, through the Word of God, maintaining a constant contact with my source of power. But the Bible teaches as I abide in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, I must continually, constantly walk in love. Now, what's that mean? Uh, loving others instead of myself. As Christ loved me, so am I to love others. As Jesus died for me, so am I to die to myself to live for Jesus. Now go back to the Gospel of John and we'll look at several verses. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Notice how clearly the Lord set this forth for us. In John chapter 13, notice in verse 34. John 13, verse 34. Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love 
one to another. Turn forward to 1 John again. 1 John. Uh, we know, of course, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. In 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7, it reads, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Verse 16, notice how clearly the Lord made this. 1 John 4, verse 16. It says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. How do I abide in the Lord Jesus Christ? By abiding in his love and God in him. Herein is love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now go back to chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 9. How clearly the Lord set this forth. In chapter 2, verse number 9, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. There is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, walketh in darkness, knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. And we can see also in chapter 3, the same principle set forth. You see, to abide in Christ, I must abide in his love. And this is where the pedal really hits the metal. You see, Christ was completely unselfish. Christ died to self for you and I. To abide in him, I must purpose to love others and not myself. Now, this was given to us, uh, Philippians chapter 2 where the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But I want you to notice in Philippians 2, verse number 4. Philippians 2, verse number 4. He states to us, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, now what does that mean? I, I think uh, that I saw an illustration of that just, just today. My wife is not, not feeling well. She's been uh, in bed the last two days, just not feeling well. I didn't know she was, was doing this, but not feeling well, uh, here this evening she got up and made supper uh, for the family. And I saw that sacrifice. I see that over and over and over in her life. Uh, the death to herself and a servant unto others. Uh, to me, I see that. And, and my wife, and I brag on her, uh, she is the same here at church as she is at home. She lives it. It's real to her, her relationship with Jesus Christ. And what I see is the death to herself serving the lives of others. That's an illustration as to what Jesus did for us and constantly do, does for us. See, it's not to seek for myself, not to seek the high place. If I want my home and my marriage to work, I have to die to me for the sake of my mate. Uh, here at church, we must die 
to one another and die to our pride, die to our self-will, die to self and seek that others may be exalted. Uh, to love Christ, uh, to seek to serve, to lose my life for the sake of others, to suffer, to be spent for the Lord Jesus Christ, to renounce all self-seeking and all self-praise. Uh, my flesh seeks self-promotion. But to die to myself means I die to that promotion. I'm not seeking what is best for me. I'm seeking what is best for others. You see, to die or to love as Christ loves means to lay down my life as Christ laid down his life. Now that's hard to do, isn't it? Because we've got that old flesh. And that old flesh wants to exalt itself. That old flesh wants to be promoted. That old flesh wants the glory. Uh, but to die... To self, that's the key to abiding in Jesus Christ. Uh, a constant artesian well that springs up. You see, as I look to Jesus day by day, I find my source of power to abide in Him. I look to Him, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, uh, to look to the Lord Jesus Christ, to day by day seek fellowship with my Jesus through the Word of God. I'm going to express, if you're not day by day in the Word of God, you're not abiding in Christ. If you're not spending time in the Word of God, memorizing, meditating upon the Word of God, you're not abiding in Christ. If you're not day by day spending time seeking, plugging into that source of power, you're not abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. As I look to Him, then He flows through me. And He flows through me in order to reach out unto the lives of others. I look to Him. He is my source of power. As I plug into the Lord, then the Lord uh, seeks to love others through me, through your life. As He flows His Spirit through us, that life allows Christ to love others through us. Now, we were in Israel, had an opportunity to go to both the Dead Sea and to the Sea of Galilee. There's a vast difference between the two. In the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River flows into that sea, but the Jordan River flows out of that sea. And, and that's exactly what the Lord wants to do through you. He wants to flow into your life so that He can flow out of your life and bring life unto others. Now, here's the problem. There are some that they thought they could go off to a, a monastery and spend all of their life praying and, and seeking the Lord and reading the Bible and studying the Bible, and they become like the Dead Sea. They're constantly bringing in. They're constantly seeking the Lord, but they're not giving out. And the Bible tells us we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We seek the Lord, and we seek His power, but that power is so that He can flow that power through us. Now, here's another problem is we can get so busy that we're giving out and giving out and giving out and giving out but we're not seeking the Lord and taking in by his spirit and so the two have to work together abiding in faith looking unto Jesus abiding in love his love flowing out of me and the Bible teaches as we do so that by day, day by day, we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. And abiding in the Lord, this artesian well flowing out of our life.
Again, go back with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And you'll notice again verse 23. And it reads, this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, and love one another as He gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given unto us. Christ flowing through you. Let's bow our heads this evening, go to the Lord, and, and